0: about design thinking but you don't know where to start, then you're in the right space. Welcome to Beginner's Guide to Design Thinking and A to Z, a year-long series of bite-sized real-life examples, do's and don'ts, tried and tested go-to techniques to help get you started. I'm Lucy Patterson, a workshop facilitator, business strategist and trainer who uses design thinking to help organizations solve problems and make better business
1: decisions. And I'm Tracy Sharp a former design engineer and director turned mentor and coach that uses design thinking principles to help others design a new life with purpose. We're two northern lasses with a passion for design thinking, for your business, for your projects and for your life. And today is brought to you by the letter Y for your business, your life. You heard me. So when Lucy and I joined forces about a year ago, Um, we wanted to kind of educate our dear listeners about the power of design thinking for your business, your projects and for your life. And so today we're going to discuss that a bit more holistically and share our top five tips in both arenas. And just as a quick disclaimer, there are going to be like top tips where we have doubled up in topics already discussed. And um, in this particular um, podcast series, and we can signpost you to another episode where we dive even deeper. So um, interestingly, like using design thinking for your life does still feel like a very new premise. And I can also say uh, with very recent evidence that even designers with knowledge and design thinking don't stop to think about using this method for themselves. And so I'm like currently working with two designers at the moment um, in coaching, and they are currently enjoying this new revelation. So uh, I'm going to start with my top tip number one, which is energy diaries. Um, So this is something from Michael Lerick's uh, Life Playbook. And it is a really great way to visualize your activities and give you a clear reflection about what lights you up. And the way that this works is for about a week or so, um, you pay very, very close attention to and record on like a graph the activities that you have done. And you record it as if it is increased or decreased your energy. And so at the end of the week or even two weeks, you can clearly see the peaks and troughs and you can then use this to effectively reflect and ask yourself, what do I want to keep and what do I want to let go of? And this way you can make better decisions regarding what activities you do in the future and with whom, and you can help create effective boundaries. So this is closely related to a journey map, uh, which you can find out more in J is for journey maps uh coming in at number two we've got prototyping Um, and i use this all the time and you can find out more about uh how how i do that in episode p for prototyping but the basic premise of this is to know is to be able to know more about what you want what you like and what steps to take next by making small conscious choices trialing them and properly assessing how you feel afterwards and so, you know, all of us have those little dreams, those aspirations, those career shifts, those hobbies left untouched because we're just a little bit too scared that they might not work out. So here comes prototyping. And this would be a way to dip your toe in, get clear about what you hope to learn from the trial, and then give yourself the time and space and opportunity to do so. And the end result is making small positive changes which contribute to a greater good.
0: A new prototyping will come up within this episode for sure. <laughs> and because you've mentioned it now, does that mean I can't mention it again in my top five? Oh, of course, of course, it's that good. <laughs> so, uh, what's the the latest dream or hobby that you've prototyped for yourself? Interesting. It's it's not been so much about dreams and hobbies, but I've actually been prototyping my work life balance
1: at the moment, um, because I think that uh, when I uh, when I got my full time job at um, the Royal College. And I was keeping sharp minds alive. Um, I just was just throwing myself into things. And uh, for a good few months, I was working far too much. I was definitely kind of burning the candle at both ends. And so I kind of wanted to get really conscious about being better at that. And so like in my head, I think I mentioned it in another episode. I think a tease for Tracy I've mentioned this that by September um, that I really wanted to make a conscious change. And at the moment... I'm making very conscious change, uh, very conscious changes to not do very much Monday to Friday, basically. So uh, try my, try as as I possibly can, much as I possibly can, is to really stick to my boundaries of like having my sharp minds day, definitely like every second Friday and then usually like maybe one weekend every couple of weeks as well. And so what I've just really noticed is like, not only am I kind of more excited to to do sharp minds things but um, i'm also able to um, make more time for myself and have like a better yeah a better balance in doing more social stuff so i've just been incredibly conscious about it but like uh, what's actually happening and i'm still very conscious about it is my social life's gone a bit too much in the kind of other direction and then i'm just doing a bit too much so but you know like but because i had that consciousness I'm able to kind of say that, you know, it's a time of recording. This is October that we're we're recording this. Um, And I'm able to kind of say, I need to shift it back the other way, basically. So I'm still aware of it. That's what prototyping is all about, isn't it? 100%. 100%. And I still love it. (laughs) (laughs) So at number three, we've got uh, visualization. So how can you drive your life in a particular direction if you don't think about where you want to go? So... Did you ever close your eyes and move yourself 10 years in the future? Do you ever think about what you want to feel, what you want to achieve, who you want around you? And so we had um, the wonderful Lara Doherty from the Motivation Clinic here a couple of episodes ago in V is for visualization. And I will admit I did do a vision board for 2023. And one of the words that I stuck on there was connection. And it's inspired my actions for the whole year. And it's inspired my New Year's resolution, which was to meet people face to face that I'd only met online. And it inspired me to travel and make specific plans. I had pictures of books on there. So it inspired me to try audiobooks. And I've said six months, I've read about 10 books
0: you'd recommend i guess both books and people you've met in real life for the first time this year hint hint (laughs) so yeah in terms of
1: um in terms of books i really recommend um self-compassion by kristin neff uh, which was quite a beast um but it was absolute standout and it's something that i was already using it in workshops and i want to continue to to use that for myself and for my clients in the future and um, yes, uh, I've met so many people this year um, that I hadn't had an opportunity to connect with in person before, including your good self. And it's been so wonderful. It's been. So, and it's like, you know, I'm still trying to plan, like, who else can I see? Like, you know, it's still, I'm still very, very aware of it um, for 2024 as well. And it's something that I want to continue to do. Okay. But my point is, you know, if you create a vision, then you can move yourself there little by little. But you have to take the time or give yourself the time to do that. So coming in at number four, we have got um, reflection and observation. So you can't go anywhere if you don't understand your own motivations. And are you regularly checking in on your highs, lows and potential nuggets of brilliance and know what's working and what is not? And so, why not use some really great tools like I like, I wish, I wonder, or uh, Rosebud Thorn to brand up a recent endeavor, a new job prospect, a new relationship, and get into the habit of noticing what are the key themes of what would make a positive difference to you? For example, um, so I have a gratitude journal which I've been using for a couple of months now, um, and daily it gives me the opportunity to reflect on how I felt that day, what good things happened, and most importantly what did I do that day that made a positive impact? And so having that regular reflection means that you're tapping into the empathy muscle, where you are learning how to have empathy for yourself. And when you need to know more about this, you can get clearer on your direction, your values, and what you need.
0: And I will add that reverse gratitude journaling is also a really useful tool. And what I mean by that well, as well as journaling after the event, sort of when your day has ended, you can journal at the start of the day about how your day is going to go. So, for example, this morning, um, I journaled that this would be a great episode of the podcast. Mm-hmm. We both have good energy and insight to share. And I also journaled that my coffee was going to taste great today. And that would really give me sort of the boost my mood, which given the weather outside at the moment, <laughs> kind of made it something
1: to give me that blue sky fix no i totally love this idea i haven't really heard of the principle of reverse mentoring uh, reverse journaling sorry gratitude journaling but i love it this is great
0: yeah so every time i've taken a sip of coffee um since this morning i've smiled which of course improves my mood gets me feeling better as the go days on this the day goes on rather and i mean point of note um before any wise guys um email in and say that's just the caffeine i only actually drink decaf <laughs> So it just shows that it's not just about reflection, but it's also about how you can use observation to your benefit. Um, proof is in the scientific pudding because mm-hmm. the more we observe the good stuff, the more good stuff we observe. Mm. And I'm pretty certain we covered this, which is loosely based on the Bader-Meinhof phenomenon in the episode R is for Reflection. Um, which you can also tune into because you can find out more about how Tracy and I then use reflection more in our daily lives and businesses as well. Um, but we've we've sidetracked a little bit there. Your fifth tip, Tracy? Coming in at number five, uh, it
1: is ideation. So a lot of us are making major decisions for our life because we're just going through the motions. And so this is what society expects from us. This is what my friends are doing. This is what my family did and this is what I should do. Oh, the good old days of stereotypical rites of passage. (laughs) It takes me right back to my A-level sociology days. 100%. And we talk about this in like CS for Compass, where we talk about the conveyor belt of life as well. So tune into that one. Um, But when did you pause and think about what could work best for you and only you? Have you brainstormed? Have you done a mind map? I'm blooming love of mind map. Do them all the time. And that, you know, have you had the chance to just let your imagination run free and just think of new ideas? Have you bounced ideas around with friends or your partner and realize the key themes about what's next for you? And so you should get your, like, you know, think about it, get your friends around and plan your next move over tea and Biscuits. Like be accountable with each other for taking action. So what's coming
0: up for you, Lucy? Well, if there's biscuits involved, I need coffee, not tea. Um, then i need to find myself some friends so that i have people i can actually invite around (laughs) no seriously though um, i'm gonna sound like a real cliche right now but it actually makes me really happy because i do have a husband and a wing woman who i'm able to have these types of conversations with um, you know they don't only hold me accountable. they regularly help me sort of question my next steps, identify, as you've said those key themes um in whatever goal or aspiration it is that I tend to be rambling about um to, to them or at them um, at any given moment. So yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, no it's no, it's brilliant. it's really it's really, really great to have that and not everybody has that, but maybe not everybody asks to have that as well. So yeah, think about it. But yeah, enough about me and uh, about life, then what are your top design thinking tips for businesses?
0: To be honest, I'm not sure I can give any tips that are quite as specific as you have, because the process as a whole kind of needs leaning into and following to ensure it works for the individual businesses that are concerned. So mine are going to be a little bit more generic, but we we should have recorded like a top of the pops kind of background. (laughs) (laughs) I'm channeling my inner top of the pops,
1: like a presenter with my.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it feels as though it was Mike Reed and I can't think of those that allowed to say the names of anymore. Um, but I'm going to go the other way just to just to break, um, break with Top of the Pops tradition. I'm going to start with number one. <laughs> so KISS, um, the acronym KISS would definitely be uh, my first and that is Keep It Simple Stupid hmm. because I see, hear and read so much out there at the moment that has a tendency to really overcomplicate the design thinking process and the mindset that you need and I find myself totally understanding why newbies are just reluctant to use it. But if you engage with someone who is experienced, they will help to strip that back and keep it simple for you so you can understand how to implement it. I mean, after all, it's six basic steps. Empathise, define, ideate, prototype, test and reflect. And you don't even need to complete them in a linear manner. So as long as you embed them properly within your business processes, you can actually move backwards and forth between them in a very organic way. That will actually ensure you stay ahead of your competition always on point with your messaging and that you've always got products and services that your customer also needs but most importantly wants to buy because you've made sure you truly understand your customer needs and that's the crux of any business if you don't have customers you don't have a business yeah so on to number two i would say is that you don't actually need to be an expert this whole podcast is a beginner's guide to you and I have had regular conversations and said, we're essentially we're still beginners. We still mm-hmm. learn more every day with this. Yeah. The difference is we've started and yeah. that's all you need to do is you just need to start. So it's actually probably sound business advice as well. But you learn more by doing than you do by reading or by jenning up on a topic, but not actually putting anything you've learned into practice, either because you don't feel ready or mm-hmm. it's just not the right moment. Well, I'm sure we can both um, say, but, you know, from, from experience, there is no such thing as ready and there is no such thing as the right moment. You can only ever do what's right in the moment. But mm. so if you've been listening and you've heard us talk through a particular tool or exercise and it's resonated with where you're at at the moment in life or in a way that's described it that, you know, might solve a problem you're facing in business at the moment, then try it out. Just do it. Worst case scenario, doesn't work, but you can feel confident knowing you tried. Best case scenario, you discover a whole new approach to reach solutions and and be able to grow your business in in, in new and exciting ways. So we're talking about taking action. So let's do that now. I want you to think of the thing that is niggling you most in your business right now. And then as soon as you finish listening to this episode, I want you to go listen to another episode of this podcast. I'm not even going to tell you which episode any episode will do. All I want you to do is then simply apply two of the tools or exercises that we discuss in that episode to your current problem because you'll be amazed at how much more clarity you'll gain simply because you took action, you started. So, yeah, but that's, I keep saying we're going to do this now. We're going to take action now. Finish this episode first. Go and take action. Um, Number three would definitely be that um, lots of people hear the term design thinking and think immediately immediately of these like big transformational innovations, which is fine because design thinking has played a massively important role in many of the innovative products that are out there. So from those designerly ways of thinking that were originally mentioned by the Nobel Prize laureate Herbert A. Simon back in the late 60s and early 70s, to the brilliance of David Kelly at IDEO or Steve Jobs since, to the current implementation of design thinking by some of the biggest organisations on the planet, our mind immediately goes to the biggest leaps in technology or the most up-to-date household appliances. So you're talking the early iPhone, the Dyson vacuum cleaner, the Ninja Air (laughs) Fryer. But so I had to make I had to get shopping, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> but and, and this is really, really relevant for small business owners, is that the innovation that design thinking can bring doesn't have to be wholly transformative mm. and it doesn't have to cost a fortune. It can be iterative and steady. And it's a process that can run concurrent to your current business model, your current business plan, which means that your growth is then iterative and steady which is a lot less risk and a lot less stress and therefore design thinking is actually a lot less scary than you may think it is which then makes it easier to implement which takes me back to my top tips one and two mm-hmm. so number four okay so i used to love a tv show called charmed <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know whether you remember it but it was i think i must have been a teenager at the I time I watched it no well no But I know what you're talking about. But you know what what I'm talking about. Anyone who doesn't know what I'm talking about needs to bear with me, though. It was about three sisters who discovered they were witches when their grandmother died. Okay, so slowly but surely, they kind of discovered their witchy powers on their own. Um, You know, one, I, I can't even remember what they were now, but say one was invisible and one could make spells, whatever it was. And on their own, sure, they could help others. But when they came together using the power of three, they could essentially save the world. I mean, ghouls, goblins, warlocks, we were all saved from those, okay? Maybe not the whole world. (laughs) But their most powerful spell always ended with them repeating in unison, the power of three will set you you free. Mm -hmm. The power of three will set you free. God, you need your teeth in to say that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I honestly believe that same power is true of design thinking. So not that it's got the power to kill ghouls and goblins, though I've been called which once or twice in my time, but actually in the power of three. So one, you better understand your vision and the needs of your customer. Two, you explore how you can best support that vision while meeting those needs. And three, the ideal solutions materialize because you have followed a process that leads you to your vision whilst serving your customers. So the power of three really does set you free. And I feel as though I should pause for dramatic effect there. (laughs) But to be fair, most listeners are probably busy Googling what on earth Charmed is. (laughs) I'm going to move really quickly on um, to my final tip. And so tip five from me would be that I talk a lot about growth, but business growth can be whatever you want or need it to be. So for many, growth is about increasing profits, building a team. For others, it's about creating impact and making positive change. And from startup unicorns to sustainable blue whales, uh, B is for Babson, should be your choice of episode if you have no clue what I'm talking about with my animal references here. Um, But you can apply design thinking to any type of business, any problem that needs solving, and it can help you to reach a decision at any point in your journey. And I I guess that kind of segues us nicely into our next episode, which would be the final one of the season. (laughs) Um, and Z is for Zeitgeist, when we look at the trends surrounding design thinking and debate whether it's a flash in the pan, has it had its day, or does it still actually pack a productive and powerful punch? So to summarise, if you want to use design
1: thinking for your business or your life, you first have to make space for it and realise that there could be moments of discomfort or stretch in your comfort zone that come up at the beginning, especially if you don't have the answers right away. So the point of design thinking is to get you closer to the answers and to accept that the first idea you will have will not be eventually what you land on. And as Lucy said in one of our previous episodes, learn fast, learn forward and accept that this is a journey of curiosity and reflection. So as ever, we are always open to hearing your thoughts and connecting. So please feel free to seek us out on LinkedIn. You've got myself, Tracy Sharp, and my podcast partner in crime, Lucy Patterson. And if you've got any questions or queries, please feel free to drop us an email at designthinkingaz at gmail.com. We are always happy to answer them and to signpost you towards any of the resources mentioned in our podcast. So please do join us for the final time this season on the A to Z of Design Thinking, where, as Lucy said, we'll be having, reaching the final episode of season one, and it's Z is for Zeitgeist. We'll catch you next time.